Secret Satan. A seasonal murder mystery in 24 episodes. Written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Chapter 17. Our office has a fairly relaxed dress code. It stipulates professional, but it's not clear what that profession is. Ours being a design department, the interpretation was frequently idiosyncratic. The next morning, for example, Lem, as usual, appeared to be dressed for work as a clerk in an Edwardian bank. I was apparently a 1930s Cornish fisherman, and Edie was the receptionist for the Ghostbusters. We were a merry bunch of weirdos, and we dressed like it, even the tightly packaged Radu in his customary all-black hoodie, sweatpants and sneakers, although that was more by accident than design, probably. The two exceptions to this were Tony Flint and Richard Balls. Admittedly, all Tony was wearing now was the suit he'd been buried in. But in life, he'd been a checked shirt, chinos, boat shoes sort of man, mostly, I suspect, because he couldn't be bothered to think about clothes any more than he could be bothered to keep them neat and professional. Richard Balls, on the other hand, was the kind of man who couldn't do style even when he tried, especially when he tried. He was a business-casual kind of man. Business-casual is an awful phrase, isn't it? Neither one thing nor another, neither serious and professional, nor relaxed and leisured. It is the phrase to describe a whole tier of pointless middle management, quiet, frighteningly normal people who do nothing serious, and are puzzlingly serious about doing it. It hints at how work has infiltrated all of our time, how there is no casual, off-duty time anymore, only business. We must be dressed at all times for an impromptu and unannounced meeting in which we will be required to look thoughtful while people say ludicrous things like top of mind and synergy. You're packing the shopping away in the supermarket car park when a minivan pulls up and a bunch of sleek young professionals bounces out and surrounding you with flip charts and banter about projectors. Let's put on the meeting right here, they cry. There's a trailer at the cinema for new presentation software, a man on a street corner drumming up a crowd to hear his quarterly results, a casual little huddle about business. What business? It doesn't matter. Just some spreadsheet fun. Casual business. Serious fun. Business-like relaxation. Business casual. Richard Balls, dressed in ironed jeans, creased down the front, bright white superstore sneakers and a super dry polo shirt tucked in, of course, sauntering across the taupe carpet towards my desk, the very image of a modern nightmare, the grimmest monster imaginable. Business casual. Sweet, said Balls. I need an issue troubleshooting. I do not like how Richard Balls always uses my surname to talk to me. It makes him sound like a particularly self-important school prefect. It made me think that he has just come from examining a seat plan in an attempt to remember what his staff are called. It doesn't help that my name is already uncomfortably close to sounding like an endearment. I do not want Richard Balls to try and address me in an endearing way. Come to think of it, him using my first name would be worse. Richard, I said, being very careful not to call him Dick to his face. What's up? The digital seasonal cards, said Balls. Are you running technical tests? Because I'm getting some inbox alerts. Me? No, I said. But uh, but one of the others might be. Uh, I'll check when they're in. 
Tell them there's an all-hands meeting at ten, said Balls. There's too much tardiness right now. Timeliness shows respect. Well, yes, I thought. And the fact that everyone was habitually late was an accurate measurement of just how much respect they had for Richard Balls. I really need all of you to be focusing on the immediate goals right now, Balls continued, especially without Tony to haul our asses out of the fire. Get the freelancer to look into it. I didn't know what made me crosser, the fact that he couldn't be bothered to remember Radu's name or the fact that he couldn't be bothered to talk to him himself. He went to go and then turned back, leaning in just a little too close for my liking. But then I was of the opinion that being on the same planet was being too close to Richard Balls. Listen, sweet, he said in what I suspected was supposed to be a conspiratorial whisper. I need eyes out here, right? It's a challenging situation here. I need maximum situational awareness from you, okay? Then he disappeared back into his office. There was something challenging about the situation, and it was Richard Balls. And in the all-hands meeting, he became even more challenged. Listen up, everyone, said Balls. We all know that there's no I in team, but there is a me, right? But I can't do my job without you doing yours, okay? For me to be on it, which I am, I need you to be on it, which you are not. This is Christmas, right? So we play hard, but we work harder. Because why? Holidays. Okay, people, more holidays, less time. Less time, more work, right? We all need to bring 110% to this, okay? We can't be getting foul ups and technical glitches with these seasonal cars at this point, people. Particularly because we don't have our key technical support right now. May he rest in peace. Which reminds me, Balls leant forward, trying to look everyone in the eye at the same time. I'm sure you've all been apprised of the circumstances of Tony's death, right? Tony died of a heart attack brought on by illegal drugs. Now... I don't want to make assumptions about anyone's character, least of all our late colleague, but even if Tony acquired this substance himself, someone provided it to him. Maybe even someone in this room. And whoever gave him that cocaine, good as killed him. So let's just think about that, OK? The room was quiet. Quite possibly some people were thinking about how the person who had given Tony the cocaine had not just good as killed him, but had actually intended to do precisely that. What's more, that we pretty much all were sure who that person was, and we were all also pretty much sure we didn't want Richard Balls to know. But I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about technical glitches in the customizable Christmas email system that we were supposed to be building. The dead man was indeed responsible for the technology that ran it. He had, in fact, built and finished it before he died, and I fervently hoped... No one had touched it since, because it had been working then, and I did not want us to have to rebuild it now. The reason I was suddenly quiet was that a sudden thrill of horror had gone through me. Balls had implied that he was getting test emails from the system, emails that none of us had sent. I had had a test email like that, a test email sent by Tony Flint, using a dead man's switch. The email that had started my own investigation into Tony's death, discovering that he had been killed by Ali Shepard. We had all agreed, as a team, that we should put a stop to that investigation 
but Tony Flint, it appeared, had other ideas. You have been listening to Secret Satan, a workplace mystery presentation in 24 slides, written by Tobias Sturt and read by John Millington. Our music is Holiday Weasel by Kevin MacLeod from filmmusic.io and our illustrations are by Jamie Lenman, who you can find at jamielenman.com. Our Christmas stories are on Spotify, YouTube and Substack and you can find links to all of these on our website, christmasstories.co.uk or you can subscribe on your podcast app. Wherever you listen, please take time to rate and review and make sure you don't miss the next episode of Secret Satan. Secret Satan